You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Locked on Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, January the 27th and remembering a legend one year later. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Locked on Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Locked on Pistons podcast. Today, Brother Brian's got the preview All you need to know for tonight's game in Cleveland, taking on Andre Drummond and the Cavaliers. I've got some thoughts there as well. We're also going to hear a snippet from Rejecting the Screen, one of our sister podcasts on the Lockdown Network. Those guys did a great job putting together some tributes of the late, great Kobe Bryant, who passed away a year ago as I'm recording this. And uh, we're a day late on this, but I hope you can excuse me as we've had some more Pistons action these last couple days, and, and your boy's maybe not as prepared as he needs to be sometime. But uh, on that note, also, I figured at the last break, the end close of the show, I'm going to replay some of my thoughts from last year, the Monday after Kobe passed away. Such a sad time. It seems like it's been longer than a year. We all know what's been going on since that time. Uh, just uh, just feeling a, a level of sad, a tremendous level of sadness uh, here tonight as we think back on Kobe Bryant and what we lost and uh, what he was for obviously the people who love him most and his biggest fans, but the entire basketball community as well. And thinking about all the others that we've lost over this past year and and plus, and uh, it's just, it's just a tough time. And I figured we'd kind of go with the tribute show today and uh, expose you guys to a little bit more of the lockdown network with rejecting the screen with Adam and Noah. I know I talk about those guys sometimes, but I do listen to that show. Not all the time, but occasionally those guys do a great job with interviews. So I wanted to highlight some of their work and maybe uh, get you guys turned on to them as well. That helps the network. You know that. So give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore shook S C H O C H another underscore after that. Also the locked on Pistons Twitter account and check us out on Facebook at locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give Brother Brian, show contributor extraordinaire, a follow on Twitter at bshook12, and also the Play Michigan Twitter account, play underscore Michigan. But the Pistons back in action first of two in a row. They've got the Cavs tonight on the road and back at home to play LeBron James and the Lakers on Thursday. Here's Brother Brian with the details. This is your Pistons game preview. The 4-13 Pistons will be looking for something they haven't found all year in Cleveland tonight. A Cleveland steamer, wait, no, a winning streak is what I meant as they look to build on their Monday night victory over the 76ers. Wayne Ellington will look to continue his hot shooting by trying to score in double digits for the sixth straight game, while Jeremy Grant had his 20-point scoring streak snapped at 14 games over the weekend against the Sixers, but started a new one on Monday with 25. The Pistons are expected to have Derrick Rose back after missing two games with soreness in his left knee. The Cavs are on a two-game losing streak, having lost to the defending world champion Los Angeles Lakers on Monday, 115-108. Cleveland's backcourt is working its way back as Darius Garland missed several games with a shoulder injury and has been coming off the bench as he is working his way back to his 14 point a game average. 
Also coming back off an ankle injury is Colin Sexton, and he has hit the ground running since his return last week and is averaging almost 25 points a night, including a 42-point performance last week against Brooklyn. A familiar face to Pistons fans, Andre Drummond, is grabbing an NBA-leading 14.6 rebounds per game to go along with the 19 points a night that he contributes. Joining those three and averaging double digits are Chidi Osman, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, and Larry Nance Jr. BetOnline.ag has Detroit as a three and a half point underdog, while the game number is 215.5. The game tips at 7 p.m. from the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on Fox Sports Detroit and 97.1 the ticket. This has been your Pistons game preview. Pistons and Cavs tonight. This is a game that I'm pretty excited about. There's some storylines out there. You got Andre Drummond, you got the ascent of Colin Sexton out there as well. I'm interested to see Isaac Okoro. I see a lot of tweets from folks who watch the Cavs. I know Chris and Evan of Locked on Cavs are kind of falling in love with the rookie, mostly based on his defense. I don't think the offense is even close to there yet. Um, I, I'm skeptical about it, like an offensive-only player. I'm sorry, a defensive-only player. So we'll see how that comes together over the years, but certainly fits the mold of a player that is my sensibility in uh, the, the doggedness and the defensive proficiency, so that's nice there. And, of course, Wayne Ellington and the Pistons, Derek Rose. There's a little bit of trade discussion. Maybe we'll get into that in the next couple of days here as well, see how he comes back if he's able to go against the young point guards, the young guard. Well, yeah, the young point guards of the Cleveland Cavaliers with Garland and Sexton. Sexland, as they refer to them in Cleveland Cavaliers Twitter. Sexton and Garland. Sexland. Good times. So uh, we're going to talk Kobe Bryant the rest of the show here. So, uh, you know, enjoy the game tonight if you want to sign off and, and uh, you, maybe you're not into the Kobe remembrances for whatever reason. But uh, I feel like Rejecting the Screen did a great job putting this show together. Wanted to give them some shine. There's the full version of this show that you should check out, two-parter, uh, this week as well from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe, rate, and review while you're subscribed, rating, and review. Locked on Pistons, we really appreciate all that. That's how people get uh, a hold of the show and become daily listeners just like I know all of you guys are as well. So Kobe Bryant Remembrance from Rejecting the Screen. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But first, Bang the Over Brother Brian here with you again. And you know I got to get my babies their Pistons betting information. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Detroit goes to Cleveland tonight to battle the Cavaliers and an old friend in Thon Maker. Thon Maker? I guess, but also Andre Drummond. The Pistons are three and a half point underdogs at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse with a game number of 215 and a half. The Pistons haven't covered a number that low yet this year, although they are 10 and 7 against the spread so far. The over has come through in five of the last six games. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, I'm just saying. Moneyline should probably be your thing, and in that category, Detroit is plus 158 and the Cavs are minus 152. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook expert yes, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new locked on today podcast peter bukowski hosts locked on today a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes subscribe to locked on today wherever you get your podcasts and now the Rejecting the Screen guys, remembering a legend, Kobe Bean Bryant. This is Adam Stanko from the Rejecting the Screen podcast. It's unfathomable to think that a year has passed since that you'll never forget where you were moment 
when we all found out Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others died tragically in a helicopter crash. Everyone associated with the NBA has a Kobe story because he meant so much to so many of us. Our way to honor Kobe was to compile some of our favorite stories from interviews my co-host Noah Kozlov and I conducted with teammates, opponents, coaches, and writers who had something to say about the man who famously wore number 8 and number 24. We put together all of those stories, many of which you've never heard before, on a two-part podcast on Rejecting the Screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're about to play an excerpt from Part 1, which drops on Tuesday, January 26th, with Part 2 coming on January 28th. Subscribe to the pod today so you can listen to both episodes as soon as they're released. We pick up the story as Kobe was ranked as the top prep player in the nation, and his status as a local legend was exploding. There were even rumors of the Lower Marion High School prodigy practicing with the Sixers and dominating the Sixers star wing Jerry Stackhouse in games of one-on-one. Rex Walters was on the Sixers in 96 and told us how he remembered it. Kobe did come to practices or he would come afterwards and come work out at St. Joe's because me not knowing who Kobe was, like you know, once again, I, I didn't follow high school basketball. I was an NBA player. I wasn't into that. I'm sitting there. I'm, 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 I'm leaving to go uh, home. I'm, I'm kind of straightening it up in the locker room and, and Kobe sure enough walks in. And I'm like just making conversation with this kid. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, what you doing here? Like, yeah, I'm going to go work out. And I'm like, oh, you're a pretty good player? Like, this guy had to be looking at me like, what, what are you, some kind of idiot or something? Because, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, what schools are you looking at? He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Kansas. I'm talking to Carolina. He's like, but there's one other thing I'm thinking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, hey, you know, Dean Smith was a great coach for Michael Jordan. You know, you should think about Carolina. Obviously, Coach Williams is my coach, great coach. You should think about those schools, trying to, trying to help out my guy. Uh, you know, next next thing you know, next preseason game, this guy's freaking like yelling over to his point guard, Nick Van Exel, like, hey, you know, I'm guarding. I'm like, I got a mouse over here. I got a mouse. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little disrespectful. I tried to help you, my man, and, and, and you're calling mouse in the house on me. So obviously he had to be thinking to himself, what is this guy talking about? So back to Kobe as the nation's top high school player and those rumors we are hearing of Kobe regularly beating Stackhouse one-on-one. We talked to Jeff Perlman, who wrote the incredible book, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. He said that story was all fabricated. It's crap. Like, it's actually crap. It's just total BS. And um, it's funny because I basically reached out to, because you hear all these stories, right? You hear all these stories about Kobe and he's he's with the Sixers and he's lighting them up and blah, blah, blah. And he was definitely a, a great player and definitely showed his skills. And the guys were like, yeah, this guy's going to be something. But um, I reached out to Stackhouse via Twitter. I, I profiled Stackhouse for the Wall Street Journal years ago. And I just reached out to him. Hmm. I don't have a tweet in front of me, but he wrote like, <laughs> I'm sure like you, you, this is the first thing I think of when people say we're, we're so-and-so regret having spoken about Kobe. Like he basically said, I've never heard Kobe say they were true, but I've also never heard him say they were false. So ask him. Um, <laughs> and like the thing that I, I think is really cool about Kobe and the, uh, and the Sixers workouts, he did not dominate Jerry Stackhouse, pure BS, but he took it to those guys. Um, imagine being, I remember I ran college, I ran uh, cross country at university of Delaware. And I remember my first year freshman freshman year, I went out to run with the rest of the team 
and they're all seniors and these guys are like all state and all county and all these great runners. And I was terrified. Like I was absolutely terrified. I just wanted to hang with them. I was terrified. I was scared. I was just praying I'd be able to do it. This guy's running with the Philadelphia 76ers as a <laughs> high school kid and like holding his own and doing it. Like that's insane. And then the other thing, when he was in high school that I really like is he would work out. I got to remember the specifics. He would, I'm going to actually reread the book before it comes out. So I, you know, um, which is sad that you have to do, but you do have to do is he, um, he would work out and he drove from one workout to another workout place in the summer and made sure the heat in his car would be at full blast as he was driving just to build up his endurance. So like, I think he worked out at a track. It was like a 90 degree day outside in Philly, very humid, hot, gets in the car, blasts the heat all the way, drives to the other workout. Like he did little things like that that were just absolutely insane all the time. It's 1996 and you're Kobe Bryant. You have an unparalleled level of self-confidence. You've proven to yourself that you can run with the Sixers. And just a year prior, you watched as another high schooler, Kevin Garnett, got selected fifth overall in the 95 draft. So what does Kobe do? He becomes the first guard ever to skip college and enter the draft. And by the way, he was just 17 at the time. 17 years old. Kobe, of course, gets selected 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, who immediately trade him to the Lakers for Vladi. Coming into that draft, everyone expected him to end up in L.A., and we talked to a couple of people on the pod who were with teams in that year's lottery. First up, former Vancouver Grizzlies coach and GM Stu Jackson. The Grizzlies had the number three pick and ended up taking Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But we straight up asked Stu, why didn't the Grizz take Kobe Bryant? You know, he, he was a high school player. We were a very young franchise. And, you know, uh, I, I think to draft a high school player at that point in our development as a franchise would have really uh, been going out on a limb, not having this player proven himself against, you know, a higher level of competition. Although I will tell you, you know, Kobe was extremely talented. But the other aspect of Kobe was, he was not going to any franchise other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, he got drafted by a different franchise, but that quickly turned around and he mm -hmm. ended up in Los Angeles. And everyone in the draft knew that at that point. So we didn't think that was an option for Kobe Bryant coming to a new country or to, to Vancouver uh, to play basketball. So he was sort of off the board. Leaving the country to play might not have been in Kobe's plans, but would he have played for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the ninth overall pick? Remember at the time, the Mavs had Jason Kidd running the point, and later in their careers, Kobe tried desperately to get the Lakers to trade for Kidd. Well, former Nets head coach Butch Beard was an assistant with the Mavericks in 96, and he told us that he thinks they had a shot at getting the high school sensation to come to Dallas. Here's the best story of all, and a true story as well. I was an assistant coach with Jim Clemens and also uh, uh, at the Dallas <laughs> Mavs. We're in the draft, and I asked, I asked the people who, you know, run the draft, I mean, all our uh, scouts, I said, who's the best guy in the draft? They said, Kobe Bryant. He's a high school kid, but he's not, you know, he's not, 
you know, we, we, we don't know. We think he's going to be the best. And they didn't know whether at that particular time they were going to break up three J's. Okay. So I made a comment to them. I said, why don't we bring him in and try him out? I know that the word was out there that he only wanted to go to LA. I said, but I think he would want to play with Jason and Jimmy. If you all think that he's going to be the best player in the draft. We were afraid to do that. We ended up drafting Samaki Walker. I, I'll never forget. I was running around all over, you know, working out Eric Dampier and some other players and, you know, but I said, man, that's what we should have done. I sat there, even those five minutes before we drafted, I said, we should draft this kid. Why were they afraid to even, not even to bring him in? Because the word had gotten out there that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to work out for other teams and things like that. I said, I think he would come. I think he would come and at least give us a, you know, a look-see. I really do. You can hear the rest of our Kobe Stories special on Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to the podcast today and hear part one on Tuesday, January 26th and part two on January 28th. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Some great stuff from those guys this week, but I got to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than the OGs, if you can believe that. 18 amazing flavors now, including nut and non nut varieties. The six new ones are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp as well. Add those to the 12 originals, the toffee almond, the mint brownie, among others that you know and love, and you get yourself a winning combination. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're healthy as well. They're built for the health-conscious guy. You lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Great to wake up to, great to go to bed to, just because you know you get that late-night snack that's not really something that's going to be harmful to the body like some of the other things you might grab in the refrigerator in those late hours. I see you doing that on a nightly basis. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, great for the keto diet or whatever kind of newfangled diets you're trying these days. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Brother Brian's been putting in the work. He's got a piece on LeBron James for tomorrow's show. So if you're a LeBron person or maybe even a LeBron hater, you're going to want to check out tomorrow's episode as well. But first, my memories from a year ago. This was just kind of fresh at the time on a Sunday. I recorded this on a Sunday night about Kobe Bryant, one of my favorite players of all time. And I wanted to maybe write out something today that I could read to you guys one year later. But, uh, man, the energy is not there right now, and I figured it might be more valuable. Some of you guys are new listeners. We picked up a lot of listeners uh, daily over this past year. So here was my thoughts on Kobe being Bryant. All right, earlier today I threw out a query for you guys to give me your thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant, which, again, it's, it, I can't get over how crazy that is to say. Uh, we, we lose people in our lives, and, and it's uh, – I, I just feel strange. I, I feel uh, almost juvenile that it's affecting me so much. But I know from re- reading Twitter and seeing a lot of you guys out there that I'm not alone in this. Uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the day, like, what celebrity death would be something that would be very impactful. And 
uh, we found it, and it was kind of a surprise, obviously a shock that this would even happen, but that Kobe's eliciting such a response. And I think been thinking about it a little bit, and why is that? What, why is what is it about Kobe Bryant that? And it's just I think it's the formative years, right? It's it's the time of life that, uh, that he was around for. Um, it, just kind of an aside. The movie that we made about Imani Bates from Ypsilanti Lincoln called Ipsy's Imani, which you should definitely check out on Vimeo. Um, he mentioned that Kobe Bryant was his idol. And, and this is a guy who's turning 16 on Tuesday, tomorrow. So he didn't see most of his career. He wouldn't remember peak Kobe Bryant for sure. Obviously, there's highlights and YouTube and all that stuff. But it's crazy that you know Kobe Bryant reached that guy. And uh, th- that's just a, a nice thing to have that legacy carry on, particularly with a younger set, even younger than the NBA stars that all revere Kobe Bryant as well. Uh, full disclosure, I am a Kobe guy. I was going to say was, but that seems too sad to say. I, I love Kobe Bryant. I'm not sure what that says about me because I, I the basketball ideals that he that, that, that I would like teams to perform under are certainly not Kobe Bryant-esque, he's a, he's a ball hog, he's a little bit of a selfish player when he played, and, and that's not how I would design the perfect NBA player, but the tenacity and all that, uh, I loved it. I loved watching him play, I was entertained by him. I was kind of a, one of the only Lakers fans uh, in Southeast Michigan, in Royal Oak, when I was growing up, I was made fun of by friends about it, uh, and I think it was because I was, I was a Shaq guy early, you know, kind of a dead time for the Pistons back then. So I kind of jumped on the Orlando Magic Shack bandwagon with the breaking of the backboards and all that stuff. And then when he went over to the Lakers, I I, I liked Kobe as well. I liked those teams a lot. I rooted for them against Portland and Sacramento and, and San Antonio. They were my other team. Pistons were always my favorite team. There was no doubt about that. Um, in 2004, there was no questioning my allegiance to the Pistons. So don't get it twisted. But, man, I, I was just always rooting for Kobe, always hoping that they would make those comebacks in some of those amazing playoff performances that they had. I thought, uh, you know, his last game in 2016, I thought that was a damn work of art. It was unbelievable. It was hilarious. It was poignant. He scored 60 points. The 81-point game was another night that maybe you guys remember where you were. It was a Sunday night. I, had, I was putting together the sports section, had to kind of rip up the front page a little bit and add that in there, putting together the paper for the Times-Herald and Port Huron that night. It would have been uh, early 05, I believe, or no, early 06, uh, because I was kind of a newly employee there, early 06, I believe, because uh, the Seahawks and the Steelers had both won their conference championship games to set up their meeting for the Super Bowl in Detroit. So that was the Sunday of the conference championships games. And I was about to get dumped by my college girlfriend later that month. So good times for that month there. Um, and just the extra poignancy that I'm feeling about this it could come from something that happened to me last week. I had not mentioned this on the podcast because I didn't really, you know, who cares, but it, there's just like a little bit of poignancy involved in it now. But I got into a, a fairly significant car accident. I was blessed. I was lucky. All that great stuff. We'll figure out the car situation. Whatever. No big deal. Um, So, but yeah, there were three to five seconds during this ordeal when I realized what was happening that I thought I was dead. I thought I was going to die. This is it. I'm going to die on I-75 in a car accident. And, you know, you just, you kind of hurry up and, and get the car towed. You get to the game. You get under deadline. It's been a busy few days kind of getting back from vacation. And, and this weekend kind of provided the first opportunities for me to reflect on something like that, deal with it mentally, emotionally, 
and then to have Kobe Bryant, one of my childhood, you know, teenage heroes, die like this. It's been it's a strange, surreal situation. And I know if you're a basketball head like I am, a hoops head, you're probably in a little bit of that same place. So it's strange. Um, maybe you're not sad about it or as sad about it. Uh, maybe you are. Maybe you're crying all day today. I don't know. I, I haven't gotten to that point, but I was. You know, after after lunch, I I went and saw my niece and my and my brother up in Rochester, and then kind of took the. I didn't feel like driving on the freeway. I, I really didn't. So I took the long way back to Detroit, and uh, was listening to Dennis Fifty and a ninety-seven-one, just taking calls, and people are just reflecting, and and I was thinking about what am I going to say on the podcast about this, but it, it just kind of kept back about myself and why you know it. Uh, why it, it touches us and why sports does this to us. So to get this news, it's a little bit staggering, obviously, as if I needed more reminders about the fragility of life, very fragile. You know, we've got the friends milestone birthdays and all the, the holidays and all the stuff that happens. You see the old friends. Uh, had a, we had our 20-year reunion of our Kimball basketball championships on Friday night, so we talked about all that stuff, saw all the old coaches and the old players. Um, and it reminded me with Kobe, uh, two, December twentieth, two 2009, very unremarkable day in Detroit sports, but I went and saw Kobe Bryant, I believe for the only time that I ever saw Kobe play live, went to the game at the Palace of Auburn Hills. This was also week 14 of a Detroit Lions season, of a 2-14 and Detroit Lions season, and uh, the Lions went and lost to the pathetic Arizona Cardinals, so we went to that game. I got my tickets for that one from a girlfriend at the time, but in between the time that she gave me the tickets and the actual game, we actually broke up, so... Uh, are you noticing a pattern here with me? But anyway, I uh, took my buddy Mike instead, and we did the Detroit sports double. We went to Ford Field, and we drove up to the 6 o'clock game at the Palace. Neither of us had seen Kobe Bryant live. And Keith Langlois of Pistons.com tweeted this earlier, that the energy with Kobe Bryant, especially at that time when he was a real force of nature, peak of his powers, still had the athleticism but was also developing the experience and the, and the, and the skills, um, more electricity than in Michael Jordan. I saw MJ in the 62-win Bulls season when uh, post the comeback in the first full season that he was back with the Bulls. I saw him play at the Palace then. Uh, you know, Obviously, I've seen LeBron play a number of times live. I think Kobe was the most electric that uh, a crowd would ever be in for a visiting player. Keeping in mind that this is a miserable Pistons season, so it's like the NBA heads are like, okay, this is an actual game that we want to go to to go see Kobe. Um, and this was 2010. I would move away from Michigan less than three months after that, live outside of the state for about a decade. This is Gordon and Villain away of his first year. John Kuster, Pistons won 27 games that year. Just a, an unbelievable <laughs> Sunday evening basketball. Spoiler alert, the Pistons lost. Kobe had 28. A little bit of a disappointing game for him, but still, that was the time that I saw him. And like I said, peak of his powers. They win the championship that year over Boston in seven games. But I just with Kobe, I I thought that his dominance in unlike some of the other legends of the game that we've seen over the years, it was art to me. He didn't have LeBron James's power. Uh, LeBron, it's 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 impressive in a different kind of way. And Michael Jordan's the best player of all time. And LeBron's probably ahead of Kobe already. But it was almost like Kobe Bryant was doing a dance out there, like Michael Jackson. It was just like things we haven't seen before. Everything looked like Michael Jordan. Everything was cool. He was doing the imitation like we all know he was doing. And the footwork is just maybe the best footwork I've ever seen on a basketball court. Like I said, it looked like it was peak choreography out there, getting to his spot. Um, the entertainment level was always a 10. You never knew what the, the totals were going to be, what kind of night you'd be in for to see him. And it was a joy to watch him play. And we're, I'm 
I miss watching him play, and I miss that he's gone. It, it's sad. It's it's very sad. And uh, yeah. All right, so that was a weird little clip. This is Matt back in present day on January 26, 2021. Uh, I just kind of pulled that clip and thought maybe the shock and the fact that, of course, I'm a selfish person. I make everything about myself. So a lot of the memories, you know, come back in a personal kind of way. But I just thought maybe we'd kind of go back to that day and hear what I had to say as I'm kind of trying to collect my thoughts after a crazy little week there. So... Yeah, good times, and then we know what the year ahead would be like, and we miss Kobe Bryant, and we miss a, a, a long list, a too long of a list of others from this past year as well. But thanks for indulging me a little bit there, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Certainly the rejecting the screen part of it. Subscribe, rate, and review all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Network. Thanks again to Brother Brian for all he does to keep the lights on here with the Locked on Pistons podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shook. That wraps up this edition. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. Enjoy that one, guys. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.